And welcome to ooh, and welcome, man. Ooh. Ugh, that was I'm out of practice. It's been two weeks. Oh my <laughs> lord. <laughs> Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Robineau, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Wait, wait, wait. What? New episode of year two. Yes. First episode of year two. This Ooh. is it. Woohoo. Anyone got a, a bottle of champagne that we can smash against the wall? No, but no. I got a beer open here. So. Well, well, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Year two is now christened. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry, um, was I not supposed to pour it on the microphone? Yeah. Oh, I got others. Oh, That's right. fine. So the anniversary show, that, that went well. Do we get a lot of listens? Yeah, yeah, Good. we did. Excellent. We did, and uh, virtually no hate mail, so Excellent. I guess we did something right, or at least we did not did something that wasn't terribly offensive. Not, not, not completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with not completely wrong. <laughs> yes, so it's back to our usual programming this week. Fear not, no tequila in the room. You want tequila? No. I can go up and get it. No, I don't want tequila. <laughs> Bring it. No. <laughs> Bring it down. We know it happened last time. I so. got to drive Rob home. We'll save it for the Christmas show. Uh, well, what would be the next special show? I guess that would be the next The next uh, special show would be Christmas. Well, we could do a Thanksgiving show. We could yeah. do Father's Day. Yeah. That's next sure. week. Yeah. You're just guys just looking for an excuse to break that tequila out. <laughs> Is that wrong? Why wait? <laughs> uh, what do we got? Do we got any news that's happened in the past week uh, that we want to talk about? Uh, didn't we get an email, Ryan? We did get an email from David Goldfield, who is a listener of Mushroom FM, which is an internet radio station. And he was listening to a program by Jonathan Mosen, who we had on our AT Banter podcast. Yes, that's right. So shout out to David. Woohoo. This hey, is, David. This, this is what you get when you Twitter bomb somebody else's That's podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> mention me. Mention me. Mention me. Come on. I did say that. <laughs> Wasn't that blunt. Well, <laughs> 36 tweets later. Oh, God damn it. It's the only way we're going to shut this guy up. That's right. Hi, <laughs> <Ryan>, Ryan. <laughs> How do I mute him? Mute him. <laughs> See, we need to tw- start Twitter bombing like the Ellen show or something, get our numbers really up. Oh, there you go. We could. Get on that, Ryan, next week. Yeah. Maybe she'll we fly us down to be on the show. Yeah, we'll all have to dance. That'd be awful. Wouldn't it? Oh, Ooh. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it, is she quitting? Is that? I Not thought that I, I've heard. I thought I heard. No? No. No idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For for someone being unemployed, I'm I'm surprisingly out of the loop when it comes to pop culture news. I was thinking the other day, reflecting on that. Can you believe it's been four months since what we've been unemployed? Oh, I don't remind me. That's crazy. Where'd the time go? I don't know. I yeah, I don't know because I don't feel any more relaxed. Nor <laughs> <laughs> do I. I mean, that's, that's real irony. And uh, anything anything else noteworthy happen that you that you caught in the news? I saw 
on ACB's website that Amazon Instant Video now has audio description for the blind if you're a Prime subscriber. Oh, really? So that's exciting. Uh, yeah, because you are, and you are a Prime uh, subscriber, are you not? I am. Yeah. So as soon as I heard the news, I tried the app on my phone and was able to turn on the audio description, and it worked. And are there a lot of shows that are that are being described? There's 127, I think, right now, and that's I think 10 TV series, and then the rest are movies. Huh. But that'll just continue to grow, just like Netflix did. Sure. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Exciting times. Uh, yeah. So now it's not just Pornhub. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> See, got... So now everyone can waste their time watching a variety of different exactly. shows. One of the ones that is described I saw was, I think, when Steve's watched American Gods. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Pornhub. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to check that out, too. That's an awesome show. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be a lot of description in that, too, I think, because it's weird as hell. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'll look into that. And what do you think? Have they done a good job of translating the book? They've done a fantastic job of translating the book. I'm really incredibly pleased. You know, right right from the casting on down, you know, you, when you have a book that's got like a half black protagonist, you're almost guaranteed that they're going to cast somebody like Tom Hanks in the role or something, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they, I, I can't remember the guy's name. He was in the 100 before he was in this, but, uh, he's, uh, he's the perfect pick for shadow moon. Huh? Yeah. And, uh, Mr. Wednesday is awesome. And yeah, I, I can't say enough about the show. It's fantastic. I will check it out. There you go. And if you haven't read the book, American gods by Neil Gaiman, Fabulous. I think it's available on Audible as well. It is, yeah. I might buy it from yeah, Audible yeah. too because I'm an Audible subscriber too. Yeah, I think virtually all of his books are on Audible and I, I don't think he's had a stinker yet. No? No. Are you Ryan? You should Twitter bomb Neil Gaiman's uh, <laughs> Twitter feed and see if he can get, a, get us go. in the next dedication. You want him on the show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get, let's yeah, get yeah, him on the show. Get him on the show. All That'd right. be awesome. We'll get him on the show. Yeah. Work on that. Yeah, maybe we should just start going after anybody. Like, forget the whole... Haven't this, we? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, next on A.T. Banter, Neil Gaiman. That's right. Yeah. Stephen King. We'll tell, ask him his opinion about Jaws. Dean Koontz. Tell him to bring his wife, Amanda Palmer. She's a musician, performance artist. Whose wife? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Is she American? I... No, I don't, actually I don't think... I, don't I think, think she's she British. I'm not sure. Yeah, to be probably. Honest. Yeah. Okay, we're being sidetracked. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so Rye, Rob, uh, what are we doing today? Today we are interviewing Quentin Christensen, I believe is his last name. Yes, you are correct. Who works for and with NVDA, the open source screen reader for the blind. Well, Quentin Christensen has taught adaptive technology computer skills. He's authored several books on the subject, and he is currently working with the team at NVDA, writing training modules and serving as technical support for the popular screen reader. Quentin, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's good to be on. So... Tell us a little bit uh, about your background in uh, the accessibility field and how you got into it. Yeah, sure. I I started off working for um, let's see. I started off working for one of our blindness agencies here. Uh, I had a friend who worked there, and she just invited me to to fill in for a couple of weeks, essentially. So um, so I did that, and then then stayed there for twelve years. Uh, I did teaching of. Uh, clients with a number of software packages. So I got familiar with not only 
NVDA, but JAWS, ZoomText, Window Eyes, Magic, um, and others. So that was a great um, experience across all of the different the different programs. So then to come across to NV Access um, was was really good because I'd known Mick uh, particularly uh, Michael Curran through through that work and also through other mutual friends. So um, yeah, so it's great to to come on board and 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 start working there as well. And um, just for, for those people who are listening who may not be familiar with NVDA, can you kind of just explain uh, what the software package is? Yep, sure. So NVDA uh, is another one of those acronyms like we all love in <laughs> IT and, and in the industry. Uh, NVDA stands for Non-Visual Desktop Access. It was originally developed by Mick Curran and Jamie Tay, in 2006, 2007, so we've just gone over uh, 10 years old, or 11 years old now. Um, it was developed as a free alternative to the expensive commercial programs, which the the cost of which is is you know out of reach for majority of of people who are blind. Specifically, how long have you been associated with NVDA? I've been with with NV Access um, for nearly two years now. Yeah, about just about two years now. Um, initially, I had started. I'd written a book, uh, sort of under my own name, on Windows 10 when it had first, or just before it first came out. And I approached Mick about making a an NVDA version of the or NVDA specific version of the book. And he said, um, well, actually, it's funny you should ask. We're, we're looking for someone to, to write training material for us. And it, it went from there. So um, so I, I came on board, and I've now written three modules um, for NV Access. I've written the basic training for NVDA, which, which walks you through from pretty much first starting the computer with NVDA through to some of the more advanced concepts uh, like um, screen review, object navigation, configuration profiles, um, and then we got on to doing the Microsoft Word with NVDA, and I've just finished uh, Microsoft Excel with NVDA. So I guess I'm totally blind myself, and I've, I have NVDA installed on my computer, but I've been a JAWS user for 20 years. So I guess I should really start with the basics of NVDA, because I haven't really wrapped my head around how it's different other than it's got more cursors <laughs> yeah that's right it does it works a lot of it works very similarly um and so there are a lot of the the basic commands like reading um and you know even reading the time and and just um a lot of those basic reading commands are the same right um and you can you can use insert as your NVDA key like you can with JAWS. You can use caps lock. Uh, so a lot of the basics do come across, but then some of the advanced things like object navigation are, are, are done differently between screen readers. And um, but that, that's one of the things that that is good about having the choice because some people prefer one way and some people prefer a different way. Um, we do have... Um, some of our users, and one of the great thing about having a really vibrant, active user base 
is that people are always interested in contributing and and filling in gaps and and making things that that work with NVDA. Um, somebody has written uh, one of our contributors has written a guide to using NVDA for JAWS users. So if you're coming across, um, and they've also now done NVDA for for Window Eyes users who are interested in coming across as well. Excellent. Yeah, that's definitely good resources that I've I've seen on your website for making that transition. So I just need to spend more time with it. NVDA yeah. is is different in that it's uh, it's um, uh, I don't want to say what's the word I'm looking for open, open source. source open source there's the word I'm looking for I was going to say freeware that's not it um, how how much of it how much of the development of the product is done in house versus by third parties contributing to the to the effort the yeah certainly the majority of development is done by our in house team um so we've we've only got four employees we've got um mick karen and jamie tay are the the main the lead developers so they're the ones who started the project um reef turner came on board a year and a bit ago um and he also does does development um and there's myself as well um but no we do do definitely have an active development community so all of the pretty much all of the add-ons for instance that you can download for nvda uh, were written by the community we have contributors who write code which then gets merged into the core um, of nvda so it's it's possible sort of whatever your interest if you've got if you've got a bit of skill that you can contribute either either to an add-on if you've got something that you really want to, to make or uh, if it's something that would benefit the majority of users then definitely yeah it can make it into into core um, and so that's that's one of the, the really good things about being open source as well is is that the code's there anybody can look at it anybody can learn from it anybody can contribute to it and tell tell us about the add-ons. What what sort of add-ons do you have? Yep. So we've got a whole range of add-ons, um, which do a bunch of functions that perhaps aren't core to the screen reading experience, or, or some people would say they they could be. And so sometimes add-ons do get moved into core. Um, but we've got things like an OCR add-on, um, where you can press a keystroke and have it. Um, run OCR on an image that you're looking at, for instance, an image that's on the screen. Um, we've got um, focus highlight is really popular with web developers and people who are working with sighted users because it highlights visually what is uh, currently being read or what in, what has focus on screen. Um, there's uh, one of our contributors particularly has written quite a bit of code uh, and add-ons for some of the specific apps in Windows 10 um, and extended the functionality of, of NVDA in some of those those built-in apps in Windows 10. So that's, that's really good. Let, let me ask you this then, uh, um, because it's a pretty big gap between free and the price, say, of JAWS. Which is, I think, up up upwards to twelve hundred dollars. I think, um, 
and you know, especially given that uh, there's all these accessibility features that are just being baked into a lot of the technology, like you know, smartphones and tablets. Do you think, in your opinion, are commercial screen readers are their days numbered? It's a really good question, and certainly the landscape is changing. Uh, people aren't necessarily as willing to to fork out quite a lot of money for something that they, I would say, rightly perceive should be built into the product from scratch. Right. Um, whether the people who make those products put that effort in from the start is another issue entirely. Um, but it's, I think if, if you're making a product these days that, you, that you're selling, you really need to work a lot harder to, to, to sell that and to provide reasons why it needs to be, why, why you need to purchase it, uh, why I should spend my hard-earned money on it. And particularly, as you say, with the accessibility, the the base level accessibility um, of things like Windows 10, for instance, coming up to a much higher standard. Right. Uh, it's which is fantastic. Uh, it's it's great that you can you can finally go out and you can buy a computer and set it up yourself without needing sighted assistance, as you can with a phone these days as well. So right. it's yeah, the whole landscape is changing and it's interesting times. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is just the attitude. I mean, the attitude is slowly beginning to change from, you know, assistive technology being an add on or, you know, you having to buy a completely separate software package in order to, you know, be able to use your computer. Um, more and more, it seems that, that assistive technology is just being included, you know, at the foundational level. Exactly. And, and that's a fantastic thing for users because, yeah, it does mean that you don't need to go out. Not only do you not need to spend extra, but it means that you can, yeah, as I said, you can, you can get a product off the shelf and be able to set it up yourself so you don't necessarily even need someone's help to do that, um, which is fantastic. It, it really increases, you know, independence as well as as well as decreasing the cost when you don't need to go out and buy something extra. Mm -hmm. What what kind of user base do you guys have? Do you have a sense of, I mean, I don't know if you ha have to register the product or something, but uh, do, you, do you have a sense of how many users you've got out there? Conservatively, we we say, I think it's around 80,000 wow. um, average users. Uh, it... But the number, we know the number is much higher than that. Basically what happens is the the main, main the only tracking that we do really is um, when the product checks for updates, then obviously it needs to ask our service. So we just make a note of that. And so from that, we can tell that, yeah, that, that's the number of unique users. But we know, for instance, that we're very popular in a lot of the developing markets, um, in a lot of countries where internet access may not be as reliable. So we know that we have a lot more users out there um, than that, but that's sort of the, the base number that we that we say. And where, where does your revenue come from? Is it donations? We've got a couple of streams of revenue. Obviously the, the main 
revenue that we get is actually from working with corporate partners, um, people like Microsoft and Google and uh, um, Amazon, for instance. We introduced in NVDA 2017.1 earlier this year um, the ability to work with Kindle, um, the latest oh, really? Kindle uh, for PC version. So that was um, a great result of that, that partnership there. So we do a lot of work like that, and that's where we get, get some of our income. We do get income from private donations, and we really appreciate um, our users who, who are able to contribute like that. Um, we also now, with the training modules and the certification program that we, we're rolling out, um, we get a little bit of income from that. So, um, but yeah, that corporate partnerships is is a probably the big one for us. And you, do you have ever any plans on, say, developing the software for, say, smartphones, like into an app or anything? It's certainly something that we've looked at and are keeping an eye on. Um, we haven't branched out that way yet. Um, and one of the, the main reasons, actually we did a, an in-process post on it uh, recently. Um, one of the issues we've found has been that operating systems like iOS, for instance, and Windows Mobile are locked down for security. So it's much harder to get um, you know, malware, for instance, that that can really take over your entire device on, on iOS and, and on Windows Phone, which is great. But the flip side of that is it also makes it much harder for something like a third-party screen reader. Uh, we just don't have the access that we would need to give you the information that you need about what you're doing on the phone. Um, the And so the new Windows 10 S for educational institutions, for instance, um, we're still not sure about where that's going. The initial, um, the initial information that came out looked like it was going to be locked down for third party developers, but, um, I mean, we haven't seen it, so we don't know. Um, things like Android potentially is, is more open. There are third party screen readers for Android. Um, but at this stage, we've been concentrating our efforts on on Windows, uh, on the, the main Windows platform. There's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of patents that have been filed on screen readers over the years. Have you guys managed to avoid the uh, the the slings and arrows of outrageous litigation? So far, we have. So, <laughs> so hopefully, uh, yep. Um, yeah, so far we have, and I guess I guess that's one of the things with being open source as well is is that it would be harder for us to to hide blatantly stealing something, and and I mean we, we're not interested in blatantly blatantly stealing things either. So we're, we're interested in the the best end user experience and and improving that across the board. Even you know having healthy competition in the industry is good for, for everybody. It's good for users and, and it's good for us because it keeps all of us um, fresh and, and working on new ideas. Right. So what languages does NVDA support? 
we support. I should have had this in front of me. We, <laughs> let's see. We I you're gonna. Have, we support a shitload. Shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how many we support. You can say uh, that. I think it's. I think it's up towards fifty now. It might be fifty um, that we've got, and. Um, and that's using the eloquence and the vocalizer stuff from Code Factory, right? That doesn't come built in, right? But definitely, you can you can get eloquence. So that's been eloquence and vocalizer from Code Factory um, have been something that I think has has encouraged a lot of a lot of people and perhaps a lot of Jaws users who are familiar with with eloquence and quite like it. Um, so they're available. There are other third party voices available as well, um, and. Actually, one, one thing we're just starting to roll out now in our, our test builds is support for Microsoft's new OneCore voices, uh, which come with Windows 10. Okay. I'll have to take a uh, listen to those. Could you, yeah. Could you, uh, I, I don't know anything about the, the new voices. Um, could you kind of walk us through a little bit of that? There's, um, yeah, so the, there's some more voices. Microsoft have included SAPI 5 Voices, Microsoft Speech API version five, uh, voices for a while now. Um, the what was it? Microsoft Anna from Windows Seven um, was was probably the first really big popular one that that they had because she she actually sounded vaguely nice. She didn't sound like <laughs> just a robot. Um, so they expanded on that with a couple of new voices in Windows Eight, um, and also it depends on exactly what language you're using as well. Mm -hmm, right. um, what they've done now. In, in Windows 10 is they've in, introduced some new voices uh, which you can get to, uh, yeah, in Windows 10, they've, they've put in some new voices which are the one core voices. And one of the, the big things that they can do as well is that they can read a lot faster without breaking up, which is the problem that you get with a lot of the more natural sounding voices is that they sound great at slow speed, but you can't speed them up. If you speed them up too much, they break up. So, so right. that's one of the problems that Microsoft have tried to address with these these new voices. So it's great that we're able to offer support for these as well now. Um, and it could be, yeah, and, and certainly it could be something that we might look at making more of a default for users who have that uh, in the future. Because I know. I know uh, eSpeak that we use, eSpeak NG, as our default voice. One of the first things that a lot of people say when they hear it is, oh, oh, I don't like that voice. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's fine. Um, and, yeah, we know a lot of people don't like that voice, but you can change it. You've always been mm -hmm. able to change it, and so not, not everyone has realized that. But if we can offer something that sounds a little bit better out of the box, then, uh, then yeah, that, that will be better again. Right. And what is Braille support like? Braille support is constantly improving. Um, and I think it's one of those things that if you have a Braille device that we support, then you'll go, yes, that's great. It works fine. And if you have a Braille device that we don't happen to support, then you go, oh, Braille, Braille support's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we, we are constantly trying to increase the number of Braille devices that we, that we support and and the support that we provide for those devices. Um, I know we've seen a few announcements and, um, and teasers lately about things like Braille tablets and multi-line right. 
braille devices, which look really exciting, and we're as excited about them as you are. Um, but I can't give you an answer on whether we'll support them until we actually have one in our, our hot little hands to play with ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, but absolutely, it's something we are very interested in, in supporting once, once we do get them and once they are available. So just talking about NVDA for a moment, um, who who's the product for mainly? Now, I know that JAWS is sort of touted as, you know, sort of the leader and it, you know, goes very deep into all kinds of things that you can do with it. Is NVDA sort of more aimed at sort of the casual PC user? We would well, I would say that that actually there's <laughs> fire away. <laughs> Go ahead, both barrels. <laughs> no, I, I would say that that actually you can do pretty much everything with with NVDA as well. And a lot of people don't realize they think, oh yeah, JAWS. Uh, I need to use JAWS because I need to use scripting. Um, but with the add-on capabilities of NVDA, um, you can write an add-on that will make NVDA support your in-house client management system or whatever whatever software it is that, that you need, that you thought you would need to get a, a JAWS script for. You can, you can get somebody to write an NVDA add-on for that. Um, our office support, I know, is, is something that um, perhaps has been listed as, as something that you might might look at alternatives for. Um, and certainly our, our office support has increased quite a lot over the last couple of years. And actually that was one of the things that I, I really um, found as a great benefit in writing our Microsoft Word with NVDA training material that I hadn't necessarily expected was in going through that and in looking at all of the features of Word sort of systematically going through, it uncovered a lot of issues, and, and I'll admit there were issues both with Word itself in things that uh, we needed to try and get Microsoft on board to, to work on, and things that were there in Word that we needed to, to support better. So, uh, and, and if you look at the, you know, what's new for the last few versions of NVDA, there's, there's been quite a lot of increase in support for various Word and Excel and, and Office uh, features. And, and that's um, partly been as a direct result of that. So, so that's been a great outcome for our users, even if you're not interested in, in that material as such. So, you know, it's funny. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it, almost the price point almost works against you on an intuitive level because someone will look at, you know, NVDA and go, well, this is free. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I've got Jaws. It's twelve hundred dollars, and just in, you know, intuitively, you'd go, "Well, I guess Jaws must do a bunch of stuff that that the free one like we it can't possibly the free one can't possibly do everything that the twelve hundred dollar version can do." But uh, I think what you're saying is that yeah, we can. Exactly. It's it's yeah. It's 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 really hard because you you do look and you go. Yeah, if if I've got product A that's that's free and product B that costs twelve hundred dollars, well, clearly product B must be doing something that, exactly. that the other one isn't. Um, and yeah, I, I would definitely say that that's that's not necessarily the case. Um, 
it's and and definitely it's the way that we've approached that and the amount of work that 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 we've done that Mick and Jamie have done to build a model that works and enables the end product to be to be free for users um, has been phenomenal so and one of the the really big successes that that we've had is uh, as I mentioned earlier the number of users in developing countries in, in countries who just wouldn't be able, be able to afford a $1,200 screen reader um, that now have access to to computers because of that so it's you know that that in itself sort of makes it so rewarding well absolutely I mean I, and I would even argue that I, I like I don't even know what segment of the population would actually find that a $1,200 product uh, is affordable. I mean, when you consider that you know you're you're, you're buying a computer, that's probably twelve hundred dollars in and of itself, and then you have to spend another twelve hundred dollars on a screen reader just to be able to use it. I mean that, and I, I think that from from my perspective, I mean that's probably where products like Jaws that's they they've been they've been lucky enough to be in that position where they have been able to do that for years and years because that was the only option. But those days are, are just, are, are kind of over for them. Well, they're dwindling at any rate, but I think there's a lot of people who are invested in Jaws, you know, mm -hmm. who, have, who have gone and, you know, they've spent the money and now they're just maintaining it. And, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks to, to get your software maintenance agreement or to do an upgrade each year. Right. Um, and they don't want to let it go because they know that they they spent that money. It's like, well, if I if I suddenly switch to a free screen reader, yeah, maybe it'll do everything I need it to do. But but then I'm just giving up on that twelve hundred bucks that That's, I shelled yeah, out I can understand years ago. That. You know, so I don't. I think it's maybe a psychological barrier as much as anything. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, because I have been a Jaws user for twenty years and I renew my software maintenance agreement every time it comes up for renewal. I think it is psychological just hearing you, Quentin, say that you guys do work with Microsoft and try to get enhancements into NVDA or give Microsoft, you know, um, important feedback on how they can change accessibility so that, you know, you guys work well together. Mm. Kind of changes my opinion of, you know, do I really need to renew my SMA for JAWS every couple of years or can I actually make the switch to NVDA and still do everything I need to do? Yeah, absolutely. And the the other thing to, to consider as well, if you, if you're a Jaws user, and 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 you're you're really enjoying using Jaws, and you and it does what you need, then then fine, that's great. Um, there's there's also nothing stopping you from having NVDA available for times when you come across something that perhaps just doesn't read as well as you as you want in JAWS, or perhaps doesn't read as well in perhaps a particular browser. Um, we would definitely recommend having you know several browsers. Most people, um, many people, do have several browsers because there are just some websites that just don't work on one. They they yeah. really work best in you know Chrome, and some just really work best in Firefox. So uh, for the same reason, it can be worth you know having access to that that second screen reader and it won't cost you anything one huge advantage i find to having mvda is you guys have the ability to make a portable copy which i can throw on a thumb drive and take to any other computer 
Whereas I, with JAWS, I have to install video intercepts first and have somebody site to do that for me. Um, it's just a really nice option. Exactly. So you don't have any problems with licensing, with getting access to the administrator account on a computer to be able to use NVDA. And yes, you can set it up on a, on a portable drive, on a thumb drive, um, and take it down to the, the library and use it there, for instance. No 29,000 character authorization code. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, I, but I also don't think it can be overstated uh, the importance of the fact that that the community is involved in, in building it with mm -hmm. it being an, an, an open source program. It is. It's so great to have such an, an active community. And one of the things that uh, we've just had uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, was NVDA Con. Uh, and a virtual online conference um, of NVDA users, which was not set up by us. It was set up by users. Um, and it's a, a weekend to, to get together. And the, there's various talks, um, keynote. We, we do a keynote presentation. Um, and there are other conversations and, and um, presentations about different aspects, um, both from development point of view and also for users. So um, it, it's fantastic to, to see that and and know that, yeah, that, that's something that's, that's by users. We, you know, obviously as the organization, we, we definitely support it, but, um, but it wasn't set up by us and it's not something that we run. So that's, that's really rewarding to see. Are there people cosplaying you? <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about a little bit about Microsoft because I'm I'm a little curious about your opinion on a few things. Um, because you know you've written a few books um, about Windows 10, from what I understand, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. So, what's your take on on the direction that Microsoft accessibility has has gone in, say, the past two three years uh, since Windows ten? Microsoft as a whole have uh, have become a lot more open and communicative. Communicative, that's mm. the word. Uh, yeah, Microsoft as a whole have become a lot more open and communicative with Windows ten and with where they're they're going now. So even just before we get to accessibility, um, things like it used to be that you know before Windows Seven came out, there was a test build that you could you could look at as a developer and and get a feel for how it was going to work, so you could make your software work with it. But that wasn't available once the final software shipped. With Windows Ten, what they did was they they created the Windows Insider program, and you could download the beta version of Windows 10, which they then updated and updated. And even once the final version shipped, um, that insider program has continued and still exists. So you can still download that, that beta version of Windows to see the latest features that they're adding. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the other change too, of course, is that you don't necessarily need to wait for, you know, Service Pack 1, and then that's about it. Then you need to wait for Windows 11. For any new features, what they're doing is, as well as shipping regular security updates uh, that we're all used to, they are implementing new features in uh, regular updates as, as they come down the line. So that 
actually just as a as a trainer that that is a little bit exciting because it means that i know if i teach someone how to use windows 10 then once they've got the hang of it and get used to subtle changes as they happen down the track then when they go down and buy a new computer in you know four or five years time it should look pretty much exactly the same and behave pretty much exactly the same as the one they've just got rid of right. only faster hopefully um in terms of accessibility, they they have been um, quite good at discussing ideas and taking feedback from us um, and and from the other AT vendors. They they had a um, a session where we all get together and 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 look at things and toss around ideas. So that's um, that's really good. Um, the and the, obviously the direction they're moving things like narrator, uh, bringing in a lot more functionality, making it usable out of the box, is um, yeah is really good uh, for end users and it is something that's that's also enabled them to make some of the other yeah, tweak some of their other APIs and and interfaces. That helps us as well. So, it's um, yeah. Look, we're we're cautiously optimistic about about things with Microsoft. We did um, we actually put out another post recently on where things are at with Edge, um, the new browser that that came with Windows Ten. Right, Wait, the, uh, the two year old browser that came with Windows Ten that nobody <laughs> works with yet. <laughs> yeah, and so the, there was there was justifiably a lot of criticism of Microsoft for for shipping that when it was pretty much completely inaccessible at launch. Mm -hmm. right. um, they have made a lot of steps to improve that. Um, and it's something that that's still being worked on. And and they're they are really keen to make it and, and to learn, learn from that experience and to make it something that can be a um, a viable browser for screen reader users, and and a, a, ideally, from their point of view, they'd like to see it as the preferred browser for screen mm. reader users. Sure. Um, and and you know, from our point of view, we're we're happy to see a another viable good good browser option for people. Well, you know, you have to give you have to give Microsoft a bit of credit because I really feel like they learned a valuable lesson with Windows Eight. And they, they have kind of turned it around with Windows 10. Um, you know, they got so much flack and Windows 8 was such a hated uh, change. Um, they adapted and they listened to the community and they, um, I mean, Windows 10, I think, is probably the best uh, Windows-based operating system since... I'd say it's definitely more stable than anything that they've had out in the past. You know, I, I, uh, I've had... Well, I've got one computer that crashes constantly with 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 Windows 10 on it, but I'm 100% certain now that that's because a fan has died on the inside and it's just overheating. But every other computer that I've got that's got Windows 10 on it is just rock solid. Yep. You know, yep. and and it's not like you've got to reboot it every day. You can leave it, you know, for you know weeks at a time and never have to reboot your computer. So it's uh, it it does seem to be pretty solid, but you know, I wonder how much of the windows eight hatred was just because they made wholesale changes to the user interface mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot well, of them carried over into Windows 10, but by then people were used to them. I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure that that was a lot of the, the origin of a lot of the hate, but I think that that was, I don't know, that was well-deserved. I, I think that you don't, you, you can't just, um, you know, switch your, the interface like that and, and make it so incredibly different than the previous version without, you know, taking a lot of flack. And, and I don't think that was a good idea. I mean, I don't think anybody who would look back on that would say that that, that was a good idea. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, um, it's interesting talking to people who are relatively new to using computers because having been using a computer for, you know, 20 or 30 years, it, it's easy to look at, you know, something like Windows 8 when it comes out and go, oh, it's different, I hate it. Um, but to see somebody new using something and see the experience that they have can be can be quite eye-opening as well. Um, perhaps not so much with Windows 8. I think I was thinking they're more of, um, say, Office 2007 when they ditched the menus and got mm -hmm. uh, yes. brought in the ribbon. Yeah. They got a lot of flack for that, and a lot of people hated that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people still aren't used to it and don't <laughs> like it. Uh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, Windows 8 was, was the same, and, and perhaps – particularly because they they tried to get into that, you know, tablet market and bring in something that would work really well on a touch screen. That's but right. Neg neglected to, to keep their uh, their existing core, you know, PC market going as well. So, yeah. But, no, Windows 10 definitely, I, I would agree, is uh, is very stable, is, is quite solid, works really well. Um there, there are things that, obviously, like we were just talking about with, with Edge, there are things that, that they're still improving, and the, um, the UWP apps, um, the modern, modern apps are still things that are, that are getting there, um, but is, is certainly conceptually a good idea. So, so where, does, uh, where does NVDA go from here? Do you just keep charging down the line and uh, expanding your... Uh, your uh um supported uh, software is it, you get a lot of suggestions from users definitely we get we get a lot of suggestions from from users um and yep working with with a lot of other companies as well so so things like amazon with kindle um and all the work that we've done on you know Chrome and Firefox and uh, and things like that, and and definitely just keeping an eye on where the market as a whole is going, uh, where Microsoft with all of their new hardware offerings are going, um, and we've we've got other little projects as well. So Osara for Reaper is one of the um, one of the ones that that that, that we've really been working on um, for a little while. Uh, and Mick has the, the audio screen add-on for NVDA as well, what's which the, is one where you can... I was just going to say, because um, I downloaded Osara a couple of weeks ago, but what's the audio screen? Audio screen is one designed for touch screens where you can run your fingers across your, your touch screen across, say, an image on that and get audio feedback on, on that image so you can feel, you know, hear... The, the image really it's, 
hard to describe it. I should have set up a demo, but I didn't. What What was the first one that you mentioned? The Osara. One? Osara. What's Osara? Osara. So Reaper is a um, audio editing software, oh. and Osara is uh, is an add-on which which makes that uh, really accessible. Oh, yeah, okay. kind of like scripts for Jaws. Okay. But add-ons are for NVDA, and Osara is an add-on. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now, how difficult is it to write an add-on? Do you have to have a programming background? Perhaps, a, yeah, you, it, it's perhaps a little bit more technical than, or at, at a base level, it's perhaps a little bit more technical to get started than, than say, a, a simple script. But the advantage of that is that you can do quite a lot more with it. You can you can do quite a lot with, with add-ons. Um, you can basically program whatever you like um, with them. So it, if you've got a little bit of a, a programming background, particularly if you're familiar with you know, Python, um, then it's, uh, it's certainly something that, that's doable. There, we've got a developer guide um, to, to help with that as well. So there's, there's resources available and there's a, a developer's mailing list. And yet there's a lot of great people in the community who are really keen to, to help people and, uh, and share their knowledge of uh, writing add-ons as well. So it's, it's a great little sub-community that we've got there. So you guys have like multiple email lists where users can join and follow along? We do. The main one is the NVDA users list, uh, which is uh, on groups.io. And it, I can't remember exactly how many users we've got, but it's, it's an active, active um, email list where you can ask questions, um, share tips, discuss features, ideas, things like that. And the NVDA developers list is also um yeah for for develop talking about development mm -hmm. and uh and writing add-ons and um yeah the more technical programming side of of that um the, the other big online presence that we've got is our our github site so um people familiar with with software development would know github um which is where you can uh, github is a site where you can share issues um, with us. So if you come across something that doesn't work in NVDA or, or something NVDA can't do with, you know, Word, for instance, um, then you can write an issue and we'll follow up on that and hopefully get a fix and, and get it into an upcoming build of, of NVDA. Well, and I noticed that you guys do release updates fairly frequently. Do those include new features or are they mainly bug fixes? No, definitely they, they include new features. Uh, we do, we've got um, four main releases that we aim for each year. So we've just brought out NVDA 2017.2. Um, we also have, if you're interested in the beta versions of the software. We have publicly available snapshot builds, which are um, master, which are like our beta versions, and next, which are our alpha versions, if you like. Uh, so the support, for instance, that we we're talking about for the one core voices is um, has been in 
Next for a couple of weeks now, and it's just made, making its way over to Master. So if you download the latest Master build, you should have that just about now. Um, we've also looked at, we've also changed some of the the sounds. So um, the sound that you get when you start in VDA or when you um, go into focus mode on a website, um, we've we've changed those. So they're they're making their way through there. So um, also great to get get feedback on those and what works and what doesn't work. Um, even if it, so things like the sounds probably shouldn't cause any crashes or anything like that. But but if you don't like them, then let us know. Or if you do like them, let us know. Right. Well, that sort of leads into the next question, which is uh, anybody out there who wants to look into NVDA and see if it works for them, uh, where can they find you on the web? Okay, so our website is nvaccess.org nvaccess.org um, and you can download NVDA from there you can get to the the help the user guide is is available there um, you can get to the email lists uh, from there we're actually working on a new website uh, it's not available yet but uh, but it is something that's in the works so um, that will be probably later this year. Uh, but definitely you can get to anything from there. If you do come across something or if you do just have a question that you want to ask, you can email us at info at nvaccess.org. Fantastic. Well, uh, we just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day and talking with us. And I'm sure I'll have lots of questions, and I have your contact information uh -oh. now, so look out. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Do, do, do right. Do get in touch with us. Do join in the email lists and and, and submit issues. Um, and and our um, probably the only other thing I hadn't mentioned was our, our certification um, that we have available now. Our certification is an online exam that you can take to show your knowledge of the NVDA screen reader. It's, it's free to take, but you can also purchase a certificate and, and listing on our, our certification page, um, which we've also just added by, by popular request, uh, the ability that you can put your contact details on there as well. So it's, it's uh, starting to become a, a list of experts that, that you can contact directly if you, if you would like some more um, you know, to work with somebody one-on-one -on -one as well as as well as that, as well as our, our own help that we've got that you can get from our shop too. Um, thanks again for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. All right, take care, and we'll we'll see you at, at next year's con. I'm going to start working on my uh, on my costume tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we've got. I can tell you, we've got the same hairline, so it's, it's right. not going to be a problem. Yeah, you and I can both co cosplay, Quentin. We totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we've all got that hair gene. <laughs> you know That's it. That's it. The other guys do have a bit more hair, though. So, so anyone with more hair? Yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan's got a full head. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna yep. have to. He's gonna have to slim down though if he's gonna cosplay one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start training. All right. All right. Thanks again, Quentin, and uh, take care. My pleasure. Thank you very much. <clears throat> that was cool. Yeah, I thought so. It brought to light some 
things that a lot of people may not know NBD can do or is capable of? Uh, you know, I, I have to say, I mean, I, it just amazes me that there's a product like this out that's free and, you know, Jaws is still well, $100. I, think, I mean, how... I, I think what they, scares a lot of people is that it's open source. And I don't know how much government agencies and IT people like using open source they, products. They won't. They won't. Yeah. Just plain and simple. I don't think you're even allowed to in most government uh, right. installations to use to be open certified source or yeah. yeah. So really, I mean, the future of something like Jaws might not be in the in the home. It might strictly be for for companies. Yeah, could and, be and agencies, right? Could be, which is good because it gives them you know a, a niche that uh, that they'll be able to continue to uh, to operate within, mm-hmm. even though there there may be a product out there that's as good or maybe even better one day, um, that's uh, completely free. Sure. Well, I've I've often said in the past, too, you know, I probably use 80% or 20% of what JAWS is capable of doing. Yeah. You know, there's things in there I will never, ever use nor need to use. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and I mean, I certainly. If you but they're it. there, yeah. yeah. I mean, I certainly don't want to sound like we're, we're hating on JAWS or anything. No, I mean, it's you know, my go-to screen reader. Yeah, 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 and obviously it's it's been a mainstay for many, many years, but. I don't know what what kind of surprises me is just their their sort of unwillingness to to change, um, and to bring the the price point of the product down. Well, they have in the U.S. Every time you go to the conferences, NFB and ACB, they seem to be having promos where you can buy a license of Jaws for like a hundred bucks. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So they do, but once these shows are over and you call to buy a product, it's twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, you know, and I, so I don't know why they can't just lower the price for everybody all the time. Yeah, I can't see, I I can't see them being able to to continue at that price point for for much longer. I mean, you know, especially when you consider the fact that you know NVDA is free, the fact that you know narrator and talkback and voiceover um, are baked in, are all baked in, and getting better and better with every update. Um, it's just going to reach the point where the idea of, of this add-on screen reader is you're just not going to need it. Unless you're in a, an employment situation and you know, you need to have something like JAWS. Yeah, and, and I, I got to disagree because in order to do away with a third-party screen reader, everything else has to be accessible. Everything. And that's just very, very unlikely to happen anytime soon. You know, it's getting better, but but there's still going to be software packages out there that are going to be oh that need to be scripted uh, ham-fisted and, together mm-hmm. by some programmer who doesn't follow the slightest accessibility guidelines. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Look how long it's taken to finally have Adobe Flash die. Oh yeah. You know. So. Is it officially dead? Yeah, it's pretty. It, much it's dead. pretty much dead. Everything's going to HTML5 or has already. Hmm. There's still Flash out there, but not like it used to be. Yeah. Thank goodness. Button one, button two, button three, <laughs> button four. Which is the play button? <laughs> I hate flash. I yeah, can, I, I hate captures too. Oh, captures are everybody. Have to die. You know what? It's it's not even a a blindness thing. Everybody hates captures. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Excellent. Yeah. No, they need to go. If you're out there and you like captures, please write us a letter <laughs> so we can mock you. But first, you have to fill out a captcha to make sure That's that you're right. not a robot. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? 
People can find us online at www.atbanter.com. And they can also email us at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And where else can they find us, Steve? Well, they can find us on the Facebooks, the Tweetsers, and the uh, uh, Candygram. Candygram? Candygram? <laughs> Instagram. Oh, oh, Instagram. Okay. And uh, I, I saw something about uh, f- uh, YouTube. YouTube? Yeah. yeah. YouTube is... is uh, We're working on it. He's alive. And it's big, it's big alive. news. Yes. You can also find us now on Google Play Music. Oh, hey. Mm-hmm. How about that? How yeah, that? that's right. That's a funny story about that. We actually thought we were on Google Play Music yes, for the did. past year, year. but <laughs> that Ryan's out. dropped the ball. Yeah, well, you know, it's you just I what is it? You just didn't click through one button or something or I didn't click the publish button. So oh, they right. went through published it, but then we had to go through and change all the RSS feeds and just so it wasn't reflecting the old company. Yeah. So but hey, it's done. It's okay. It's all water under the bridge. Yep. Now we are officially Google Play Musicized. We are. Uh, great. Uh, what do we got going on next week, Ryan? Next week we have a host of Cool Blind Tech joining us, which is another AT podcast. Actually, and a very good AT, uh, AT podcast. Yeah, I they do a say. lot of shows. And you know they're they're a really good news site. I mean, we've got them in their mm-hmm. Twitter feed, and it's it's pretty amazing. They're they're really on top of things. Yep. So, yeah, it's, that's cool. Who, who are we talking to from there? Jessica Rivers, I believe, is her last name. Is she one of the... It's one of the hosts. One of the hosts? Yeah. Very cool. Where mm-hmm. are they based out of? I noticed her signature. She's out of Edmonton. Really? I don't know where the rest of them are, but she's in Edmonton. Huh, cool. Oh. Mm-hmm. Small world. Well, that'll be cool. It's always nice to talk to fellow podcasters. It will be. So... Well, stay tuned for that next week. Uh, Otherwise, I think that is going to about do it for us today. Uh, I have been Rob Minot. You are Rob Minot. No, I have been. After this podcast, I'm completely, (laughs) I'm transitioning into something else. All right. It's going to be a butterfly. I'm evolving. So so if you're Rob Minot, that probably makes me Steve Barkley. And I would be Ryan Fleury. Oh, see, it's all fitting together. How about that? (laughs) Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Welcome to year two, and uh, we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.